0: Hey everybody, today's Friday, July 27th, and I'm Josh Boykin, the founder of Intelligame.us. You're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. Hey folks, I hope the week has treated you well. Welcome to Friday. I am currently in St. Louis getting ready for Pixel Pop Festival. This is a two-day game convention that takes place at St. Louis University. And if you're in the area, I totally recommend that you show up. Of course, this isn't just because I'll be giving a talk there, it's a really awesome opportunity to highlight developers who are working in the Midwest. This is a sort of often overlooked area for the game space. A lot of game events take place on the West Coast or the East Coast. But Pixel Pop has been growing for a few years now. It's run by a friend of mine, Carol Mertz, who you've heard on the Intelligame podcast in the past. Overall, it's just a really great show to go to. It's also pretty affordable. If you go to pixelpopfestival.com, you'll be able to find all the information there. And you can still pre-register for tickets that will go on sale tomorrow. Today is the last of our three-part series of clips from Game Devs of Color Expo 2018. While I was out in New York, I recorded a bunch of different experiences, and I think this one is probably the most fun. It'll be kind of a nice way to end the week. I played a game called Here's How It Happened. This is an improv murder mystery game that I played with Team Murder Squad. Team Murder Squad is a group of four students, are working out of NYU Game Center, it's the same organization that sponsored the practice conference that I attended a few weeks ago. I sat down with Francesca Carlotta Leone and Avery Holmes, two of the four members of Team Murder Squad, and we played around to the game. It gets a little bit off the rails, but I think you'll enjoy what ends up happening over the course of the narrative. I'll break in midway through to help you sort of visualize what's taking place on the board. but. Just go ahead, take a listen.
1: So we are playing Here's How It Happened. And can you give me kind of the
0: breakdown?
2: Yeah, so um, Here's How It Happened is a social storytelling card game. Um, Basically it's an improv game. You can play with a group of, uh, we recommend about four people. One person takes on the role of a detective and um, everyone else is a suspect. And you have been found with a corpse. You have been found with a body. Maybe you know how it got there, maybe you don't. uh, But you have to create an improv story that sort of distances you from the murder. And maybe in that process you pin it on one of your friends. Oh, great. If you want.
3: Okay.
2: Um, (laughs) If you think it is absolutely necessary. Um, So the way that we play is that we have these narrative cards, and each of the suspects gets five narrative cards. So you're going to take three of those to make your story, and that's sort of the scaffolding and the main plot points of your story. Um, And meanwhile, the detective has a hand of five evidence cards, and evidence can be thrown in to interrupt a story at any point. And you need to incorporate those into your narrative Okay. So, yeah, cool. We can play. We can play like a versus mode of like two people and one detective. Sure. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's
1: do that. Yeah. Sounds good. So, what do I? Should I draw? I draw. Yes. Yeah, draw yeah, five. I'll, five. Cards? I'll start up as the detective.
3: Okay. That sounds good.
2: Yeah. I feel like I always need to, like, warm up with my storytelling. <laughs> like, I tried to do one earlier, and I was like, ah, nothing makes sense.
3: Yeah, so the narrative cards are basically used as, like, pretty much, like, narrative beats in a story. <laughs> so you have pretty much, like, your beginning, your middle, and your end, okay. And so you want, uh, <laughs> so you want, like you know, the story to tie together, be at least a little bit coherent. And uh, so we have a uh, biography um, card that kind of like gives a little trait for the character that you can incorporate if you want to, okay. it just helps uh, kind of make up the story. Sure. And then uh, finally, we have the location where the body has to be found.
1: So Dora was genetically modified to have an extra finger. Yep. And their body found, was found, found in the overhead compartment of an airplane. Yes.
2: yes. So, tragic, tragic that's a That's a rough life. <laughs> yep. And as
3: the uh, detective, I will be um, incorporating an evidence card. Okay. So I'll just be like, between uh, somewhere in the middle of your story, so between the first and the last card, I can like throw in that card to, uh, to kind of throw you for a loop. And you don't have to incorporate it just then, but it has to be incorporated somewhere. In
1: somewhere in the story. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, for instance, all right. So, did, should I start? Do you want to start, Francesca?
2: Let um, you start.
3: Okay. Yeah. okay. yeah. Wait.
1: Give me give me a sense of what two I'm supposed seconds. to do. Two seconds. Let
2: me figure out uh, what actually happened to poor Dora.
3: Um, and so you want to look through your cards, find the three that you like the most, so you can set the other two off to the, off side. the side. Okay.
2: <laughs> all right. Fine. So. Let me tell you what happened to poor Dora. Dora was my neighbor, I didn't know her too well. Uh, I knew of her because she was actually a famous pianist. Uh, She was a famous pianist, because she was genetically modified to have an extra finger, she used that to her advantage. You've probably heard of her, she's like worldwide famous. Um, But anyway, she was my neighbor. I'd see her sometimes at like block parties, things like that. But the the one thing that I I do know about Dora is that uh, Dora was terrified of dogs Um, And how Dora died is that um, She had to take a flight to this concert that she was playing in Europe and she was like really excited about it Um, But she got on the plane which you know is a very you know closed area You're very constricted in there and she actually saw a dog on the airplane like a small one that someone had brought on the airplane. Um, so Dora is um, terrified of dogs and also very allergic to them. So she's like, "Okay, it's fine. I got this. I gotta, I gotta get on the flight. I gotta, I gotta go to my concert. I have to do this." Um, she's very brave considering her fear. Um, but uh, the dog in flight um, got out of its carrier and was just like running around the airplane. Um, and the dog actually ran and like jumped on Dora um, which I'm sure she would describe as being accosted by the sand. Um, Does
3: that have anything to do with the, uh, the flask that we found on the sea?
2: Um Well Dora was um, as I said like really afraid of dogs. So when she saw that there was going to be a dog on the plane she went and she bought um, a little flask just so she was like I'll just like I'll drink a little bit and I will just like take a nap I'll just take a nap the whole flight and I won't even notice this dog is on the plane so that's why the flask was found on the plane so anyway so this dog um, accosted Dora who was also kind of drunk at this at this point in time because of the flask and Dora then inhaled a what she would consider a poisonous gas but actually it was the dog because she was like so allergic to dogs Um, so kind of tipsy Dora terrified of dogs this dog this little Pomeranian jumps on her and she's like what do I do oh my god and she climbs into the overhead compartment on the airplane and she locks herself in there she was sitting in the back row so actually nobody noticed that she did this Um, and she got stuck in there and then she died and missed her or concert.
3: Wow. That that's is, what happened. Uh, tragic. It was tragic. the dog's
2: fault. Not not really. I wasn't even there. I wasn't Ooh. even on the plane.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So yeah. as much as I also love dogs, I, yeah, that's what happened. You must
3: love dogs. Okay. Yeah. And so,
2: um, what do you,
3: how, how would you explain what happened here? All
0: right. So I'm going to jump in real quick and let you know what's happening in my head. I have five cards in my hand, and I have to choose of those five which three to involve in my story. Keep an eye out for these particular situations. A Girl Scout, an android, and a government agent. Those are going to show up one way or another over the course of this story, so let's see how you feel about the ways that I integrated all of this together.
1: Uh- uh- I don't know. I mean, like, as, as much as I can understand that mm-hmm. chain of events, yeah. I, I, this isn't what I understood, but like what happened. So I guess it's probably important to start with, like, Dora was willing, was really interested in trying to figure out how to make a difference in the community and for the world as a whole. And Dora also didn't feel like she was... She felt like it was okay to push the boundaries, just, right? Like, so, like, this is why she, like, experimented in, like, some biohacking and that kind of thing. So that's why she has this extra finger, because she wouldn't want to recommend something to somebody else that she wouldn't do herself, right?
2: So, like, you know so her pretty well.
1: She has, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she, I, I've heard a lot of her. I keep up on her blog. She has a tech blog. Oh, cool. Um, or I guess had a tech blog, uh, Moment of Silence, um... anyway um, (laughs) so Dora again wants to do work in the community and it turns out that one of the neighbors approached her she was a girl scout and was saying like so my my mom is really sick and it's harder for her to get around the house right now and so we need extra help, right? But obviously, we all live in a capitalist society. It's expensive the to Girl have help. This. <laughs> yeah. And the girl's got, she's like, All I have are these cookies. <laughs> I have mountains of these cookies. So, like, we're eating, but it's all glucose and just, this there's not so a whole sad. lot we can do. So, it would be really helpful, Dora, if you could find some way to help our family. And so. Dora decides, like, well, the thing is that you need extra help in the house. But again, this capitalist society, this capitalist framework we're in, unfortunately, I just, I can't find people to help you.
3: But I'll, I'll stop you right there. We found a book of matches at the scene. Um, does that have anything to do with
1: the... Uh... A, l- a little bit. So it turns out that... <laughs> so it turns out that the... Um, she's like, I can't find a way to give you help but I can build you help. So she was building an Android
3: to try and, and
1: help out in their house. But the problem was that she was trying to figure out like the right way to create a power source for this android and couldn't couldn't figure out using the tools that she had available. So she did some research online and found out that instead of using, like, a conventional battery, that perhaps she could use steam power. But that steam engine had to be activated inside this Android, which is a really complicated process, and it would be activated with a book of matches, right? So you have to keep the matches with you because if the boiler stops working and then you run out of steam power for the Android, you're, you're out of luck. So she's doing research on this steam-powered Android technology, and there's this... Um, There's this particular, like, steam power-based engineer in Germany who, she's like, I'm missing the one critical piece to this. So she gets into, she books a flight because she cares just this much about this girl and her family. I mean, this could be life-changing tech, right? Like, this could change the world to be able to put androids like this together. So she books a flight to Germany, and she's on her way there, but what she doesn't know is that unfortunately like this technology doesn't exist for a reason and it's because there are some government forces that would prefer for us to rely on the, con- the current capitalist society we exist in the conspiracy so she's on this long <laughs> flight to germany and of course i mean you know if you're taking an international flight they give you snacks they give you water whatever at some point she's running to the bathroom and as she goes back to the bathroom, another person's also going back to the bathroom, and I—I I don't know what happened from there. I—I um, I just heard the. If I knew, I guess I couldn't tell you. But I—but she ended up in the overhead compartment. Wow. Conspiracy theory. Usually, <laughs> talking to somebody the other day, I was just like, it's really hard to have a like light, uplifting conversation with me, isn't it? That's right. Feel difficult. Yeah, yeah.
3: So usually, you know, as, as a detective, you know, when I'm when I'm investigating, interrogating people, usually conspiracy theories are pretty shit alibis. But I have to say, you convinced me
2: because
3: <laughs> that was a
1: pretty amazing story.
2: Yeah, well done, well done. <laughs> that was great. I was like, you were telling that story, and I was like, how are you gonna get? this person on an airplane like none of this has to do with an airplane how are you going to get them on an airplane very well done
1: well the matches came up and I was like oh, oh I don't know <laughs> I don't know at all that was a lot of fun I was like,
2: surprised the Android didn't run on or Girl Scout cookies
1: they that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Yeah. And But it would have kept her from getting on that plane. I guess that's true, It yeah. would have had all the fuel true, they like needed. Would it also run that's on those like knockoff God. Girl Scout cookies that they sell at Walmart?
2: <laughs> Maybe. Those are pretty good. They
1: are. I good. That's, that's, good. The, that's yeah. the thing. I'm just like, you are a fraction of the cost and just as good. Yeah. <laughs> and you involve so much less interaction with humans. <laughs> this is... Less, less interaction you're checking. with little girls. It's right. you are checking all that of my boxes. Thing. Except for the, you know, like helping people feel entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for playing. Uh, yeah, no, this <laughs> is awesome. Um, OK, so can you tell me a little bit about the the creation process for Here's How It Happened? Like, why why this yeah. game? How this game?
2: Yeah, so this game actually started, um, there's, a, there's a bit of a history behind it. So it started off as a class project in the NYU Game Center. Um, and each of the teams was actually given a piece of poetry on which to base a social game off of. Um, I can't quite remember what our poem was, but it had something to do with brains yeah. and, like, memories. Um, so this was a metaphor yeah. for,
3: like, I think just, like, discovering parts, like, things about a person. It didn't really have anything to do yes. with actual brains, but we were like, hey, let's, let's just do that. And so a lot <laughs> of the original ideas were about dissecting a brain or, like, making a story out of memories or something like that. And then just somehow
2: murder, murder. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah,
3: murder. yeah. Actually, like one of the original ideas was um, something to do with kind of um, like at a morgue or like um, kind of students in like uh, like like students in like surgery or stuff like that. Like kind doing of an de- yeah, doing an autopsy and trying to like kind of figure out how this person died just based yeah. on like, like you know, how the, like you know parts of the body and things like that. And that's how it kind of developed into this kind of idea. Of like having a piece of few pieces of evidence and then trying to like come up with a story around that.
2: Cool. Yeah. So as the game evolved, we did want it to feel very loose and kind of something you would play for fun with your friends at a party. Um, so we switched from this more serious atmosphere of like um, like an autopsy or like trying to prove that you know more than your colleagues and kind of switched it to just like you're a group of friends and you found this dead body. Make up a story how it got there. <laughs> like, <laughs> which, um, yeah, people seem to enjoy it.
1: So uh, you're showing the game at Game Devs of Color Expo. Uh, What do you feel is significant about showing the game here?
2: I think this is actually, like, our first big event um, that we've been at. right? Yeah, pretty much. And I think
3: the other thing that makes it significant is that, like, in our cars there's just a lot of diversity and there's a lot of different people of different color and things like that. And, like, pretty much, and also hearing different stories from people from different backgrounds, we've had, like, a, a wild range of, like, different people playing our game today and the stories have just been like just outrageous in completely different ways (laughs) they've been like very serious like like totally very serious to like just completely crazy and it's like it's been a great experience just different people telling different stories
1: so if folks are looking for here's how it happened if they're looking for more information about you or that kind of thing where can they find it
2: so you can find us online. We have a Twitter. Um, our team is called Team Murder Squad. Uh, so you can find us at Team Murder Squad or team Murder Squad.com.
1: And then uh, you, are there places, is there an expectation of when they'll be able to buy the game? Is it available?
2: Not yet. Uh, T, TVA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, soon, TM. Yeah, uh, Yeah, but we'll be posting updates on our social media as we kind of figure out what that roadmap looks like. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks a lot for your time and thanks for letting me play.
2: Thank you you so much. I appreciate it.
0: And that was the last of our three episodes on Game Devs of Color Expo. I hope that you got a sense of the wide range of experiences that came from this particular conference. There were over 20 games there. There's unfortunately no way that I could have. Covered all of them over the course of just one day. But the developers, the stories that come from an event like this, have such a wide range. And it just was a very inspiring show to attend. I would really love to see more events that hone in on the experiences of marginalized groups and making sure that they have platforms to shine in. Places where they won't necessarily get overrun by a lot of the other games that you may already hear about in other spaces. This is also a good opportunity to discover some games that may be highlighted more in these large-scale spaces. There were really polished, really strong action games, party games, all sorts of different experiences that are worth checking out. So as we make our way around the sun yet another time, I would encourage you to keep an eye out for Game Devs of Color Expo 2019 when that information comes out. If you're in the New York area, it's definitely worth keeping up on. And if you're in the New York area when Game Devs of Color Expo is not taking place, you should still be keeping up with Brooklyn Gamery. That's Brooklyn Gamery, G-A-M-E-R-Y. You can look them up on Twitter or just generally on the internet. There are plenty of game events that give us opportunities to learn more about what's happening in the development space. It doesn't always have to be E3 or PAX or something like that to be able to not only really inform you of the different games that are existing, but also to maybe give you a little bit of motivation to do it yourself. I don't know that I necessarily have any game ideas floating around in my head right now, but I think that there are a lot of folks who went to that show and felt a bit more confident in their ability to become part of this game development scene. That's a big part of what this is all about nourishing the people who are already creators and giving them an opportunity to shine, but also letting the community know that they can participate, that they can contribute their own stories, that they can mix things together and maybe inspire folks in the future. That's really what keeps all of this fresh and engaging and exciting. If you are not in the New York area, look around your own hometown. See if you can maybe find a show of your own. That does it for this episode of Intelligame Radio. I've been your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at WallStormer. Keep an eye out for more Intelligame content by swinging over to the homepage, Intelligame.us, and of course you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Intelligame Us. You can also follow our live stream channel by going to twitch.tv slash Intelligame.us. We usually go live Wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Again, one more shameless plug. I'm going to be at Pixel Pop in St. Louis, Missouri. If you are in or around the area, I encourage you to swing over to pixelpopfestival.com, grab your tickets, and maybe come see me give a talk or just otherwise say hi. It'd be awesome to hear from you. So until Monday, when we'll be back with another edition of Intelligame Radio, have a fantastic weekend and keep Intelligaming.